Eagles Entertainment. The journey to the draft is driven by AAA. AAA, roadside is their strong side. Make AAA a part of your game day today. AAA, go ahead. With the 25th pick in the NFL draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select... You're listening to the Journey to the Draft podcast, driven by AAA. Welcome to the Journey to the Draft podcast, driven by AAA. I'm your host, Fran Duffy. Welcome to the 200th episode of the Journey to the Draft podcast. This is a lot of fun. Uh, I've been on every single episode of the Journey to the Draft, which is crazy to think we've had 200 episodes. We had the 200th episode of the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, this past summer during training camp. Uh, we started the Journey to the Draft. That was our first ever podcast. Remember, we did it in the spring of 2014, so crazy to think that we're still kicking almost six years later. Uh, a lot of fun to do this podcast. And Look, we're wrapping things up here from Mobile, Alabama. It's Thursday evening. We've taken in the last day of practice. It was rain. It was uh, we've had some uh, wet conditions down here in Mobile, so practice was moved to the indoor facility at South Alabama. Uh, so we were able to take in some act- some of the action uh, from inside today, and a little bit of a condensed field. But it's fun to be able to still see these guys go out and make some plays, both on the north side and the south side. But I'll tell you what, this was the only the second time I've seen a practice having to be moved away from Lad Peebles Stadium last year. They had the practice that was moved on Wednesday, and there was no media availability at all. So what CMAC and I did from our hotel room, we did a mock draft of all players that are here at the Senior Bowl and just sliding them to the, into the first round. How would they fit? So that was a really fun exercise. We got a lot of good feedback from it. So you know what? We decided let's do it again. And I know we, we, we were able to take in some practice. We'll talk about some of what we saw from practice, from the film room from yesterday as well. But for Draft Buzz, Chris McPherson and I are going to go through the top 20 picks and just kind of give us a way to talk about who we think maybe some of the top 20 players here in attendance, how would they slot to those 20 teams? Really fun exercise. Obviously, it it does not take into account a lot of the top players in this draft, but just kind of a fun way to talk about some of the players that have stood out here in Mobile. We'll do that in Draft Buzz. After that, pick six. C-Mac and I are going to talk about six players that maybe have surpassed expectations. Maybe we didn't know much about a player, we hadn't watched them, or just, you know, we didn't expect what we saw down here in Mobile, and they far surpassed what our preconceived notions were about the prospect. We'll hit that hit on that in pick six. After that, we've got our unofficial visit where today uh, Chris McPherson catches up with Stefan Sullivan, the talented wide receiver turned tight end for the LSU Tigers. I know he had a lot of fun catching up with him. We've got a lot to hit on early in this show. Like I said, we're going to do this mock draft. Let's have a little bit of fun here. But before we get into that, the best way to support the show, I say it every single week, is to go on Apple Podcasts, could be on Stitcher, wherever you listen, leave us a rating, leave us a comment. That's the best way to throw us your support. All right, let's get into it now. Time for draft buzz. It's time for a mock draft. Let's get this show going. Now it's time for Draft Buzz. All right, C-Mac, I, I really, it's like I said earlier, this was a really fun exercise a year ago, doing this little uh, Senior Bowl mock draft. Again, Senior Bowl-only players. You and I uh, went back and forth. How would we kind of, what was the criteria for selecting these players? And we kind of decided, let's let it all, let's, let's use it all. We can talk about the player on film, what the player's done, what the, if the player shined only here, is the team picking for need, is it taking, picking for best player available? It's all out on the table. We're just going to talk about it. It's a good way to kind of talk about these players and who has shined this week in practice. Yeah, if you were to limit it to just this week in practice, that would be a little difficult. It would be a little different, and very much. It would be a very different looking kind of list. Much different looking list. Yeah. Exactly. Totally. But this is. Gonna, I mean, it's going to look very different regardless than every other mock draft, which is cool. It's a fun exercise. Well, that's why. So I remember last year, 
I've only gone to this event for two years yeah. now. Apparently, it's the only two years where it's ever rained. You bring the rain with you. Bring the rain. Only two years where it's rained. So last year, I felt like every other draft podcast did a regular, typical, underclassmen are available, just throw it all out there, mock draft. Yep. We're here at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, let's, let's talk Senior Bowl players let's only. See, let's see. Let's talk about who's here. Right, okay. Well, I'm giving you first pick. All right. Before we do this, such a monumental occasion. The 200th show. Have you? Did you note that in oh, the yeah, open? Of course. I just yeah. want to oh, make yeah. sure. You know, there's no like confetti coming out of like no. people's uh, earbuds or speakers as they're listening to this on their drive. So. No, it's. Uh, I mentioned that we started it in. Uh, uh, April or Mar- no, it was, it was in March of 2014. Wow. And uh, no, we're good. No, we're coming up to six years of doing the journey of the draft. Aging like a fine wine. That's right. I tell you, the, the wine of the South. So let's talk. Uh, let's talk through the, this mock draft now. All right, we got. The, it's really it's the top 20 players, really in, in a, a certain sense. Didn't quite end up that way. But, no, 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 no. Because uh, at the end, we both we both at the very end were like, man, how do we not how, pick how this guy? This guy? But, but I think the the justifications for all of our picks make sense, and I think the first one was easy. You went Cincinnati. Uh, I took quarterback. Everyone's linking him to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is not here. Best quarterback in attendance for my money, Justin Herbert. And he's been playing for Cincinnati here this week, uh, and he's he's looked really good. He's yeah. looked really really good. He's really looked the part. Now, as we've talked about, it's not just about how he looks. It's about uh, you know the, how he looked in the interviews and things like that. But on the field, from what we can see. He's looked really, really good. So. And add in the tape and everything else yes. before, he already has the credentials that will lead you to believe that he's going to be a very high draft pick yep. this year. You add in what he's done this week. Maybe he won over the uh, the coaches. Who knows? They never, you never know. What if the Cincinnati feels like they can get a King's Ransom and they move back? That would be one of the craziest, Whoa. gutsiest moves. <laughs> uh you gotta take some. It would take some cojones to to pull that one off. But um, no, it, it, Justin Herbert has looked really good this week. Yeah. Uh, next up, I went with Washington, and it was a tough spot, man. Because I would say, I would say honestly, if you look who are the top players down here, who are the top position groups, you would say it's the two quarterbacks, it's the defensive line. Yep. That's two areas where you would imagine Washington's not going to address early in the draft. You know, you look at where they've done gone. Obviously, Dwayne Haskins they took in the first round. You're not going to give them Jordan Love here. Defensive line, they've got first-round pick after first-round pick after first-round pick. Uh, every mock draft has them taking Chase Young. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go edge here. I could have gone Jason Strobridge, and I, I did think about it. He's been dominant this week. He's been very, very good. Very good, yes. But they need tackle help, man. And if you would have asked me who was one of my top two or three players entering the week, I would have said Josh Jones, the Houston left tackle. He's been solid this week. He's not been terrible. He's had some good plays. He's had some bad plays. I think with Josh Jones, you're getting a, a really athletic player that can play either left or right. They need, like I said, they need left tackle help. I'm going to go Houston left tackle Josh Jones here to Washington. Very, very good pick there. I going back watching some of the film. I feel like he's done better in team drills than the one on ones. Than the one on ones. Yes. Where okay. I, f- I, like I, f- I feel like he he's helped his cause more there. The one on one drills, the more on an island, everyone gets to see them. They yep. get exposed. You know, the team drills, he looks apart. Mm. He really helps keep the line together. So, Can I, real quick, uh, left yeah. tackle, there was a late addition midweek. Calvin Throckmorton, who we yes. saw last week, yes. this looked really good from Oregon. So this is uh, – he was the right tackle for uh, Justin Herbert. Over the majority of the last two years, he's played a lot of right guard. He's played some center. He's played some left tackle early in his career, but has not played left tackle for a few years now. 
he's looked really good this week. He's looked he's looked better here than he did last week in St. Pete, which is pretty impressive. So quick little left tackle note uh, as we get to it. Uh, the third overall pick, you had Detroit the Detroit Lions, the other team coaching in this game. Yes. Uh, where'd you go here? So I'm thinking the Lions picking pretty darn high. And you have a quarterback in Matthew Stafford, still very good starting quarterback, can still get the job done. I think you get a player who you're not putting in on day one, who you're giving some time to develop, mm-hmm. who has certainly flashed this week, has some quality traits from the quarterback position, throws with anticipation, looks the part, has the arm talent, and I'm talking about Jordan Love from Utah State. Nice. Yep. Some of his decision-making you're going to need to iron out. That's probably why it's going to be good to have the veteran quarterback ahead of him, give yep. him some time to learn from him. Love that. But the fact that you're picking this high, you want to start looking ahead into the future a little bit, I'm going to go with Jordan Love. Maybe you're looking at the coaching situation. The owner has basically said this team needs to get into the playoffs. And maybe the GM and coaching staff might say, we don't have time to develop a quarterback. Yeah, We need to win now. We're going to need an impact player. That could be a fair case. But if I'm building the team and have a chance for someone who I think could be a you know quality quarterback talent for you in this league, I'm going to go Jordan Love here at number three. I like the pick. And Jordan Love obviously playing for Detroit uh, here in Mobile as well. So you get the, the two teams that are coaching, get their top flight quarterbacks that they're coaching here at this game. All right, let's go. Number four, New York Giants on the clock. So I get another NFC East team here. Um, I wanted to go either receiver or pass rusher here at the top for New York. And uh, looking at pass rushers, they, they've got uh, a new scheme, obviously, in New York. And I think when you look at uh, this new scheme, how are they going to fit? Who's going to go where? What are they going to do? I ended up going with Jason Strobridge. And I think when you look at Strobridge, this is a player that has that scheme versatility in that he could play inside, he could play outside. You look at that, what they're going to do in, uh, in New York moving forward, uh, I think that versatility will serve him well. I thought initially maybe Jonathan Grenard, but I ended up switching uh, as a, for a more scheme-versatile player, in my mind, in a guy in Jason Strobridge. Uh, very impressive. From, fits it from a size profile. Uh, technique profile, motor, you know, he, he has a complete package for what you're looking for, and he has that scheme versatility. Yeah. You know, he could be a 4-3, he could play edge, could play interior, so he's going to be appealing to many, many teams. But I, I couldn't give them a true defensive tackle because of what they've got on the roster right certainly, now. Certainly, certainly. No, that makes sense there. All right, number five, Miami Dolphins. A lot of people are thinking they're going to have to go quarterback in this draft. I wasn't feeling any of the quarterbacks here for them with the fifth spot. So there's a player who, outside of the quarterbacks, I think is probably going to be the first player selected in the draft, most likely. Yep. And I'm just going to take best talent. I'm going to go, even though they took Christian Wilkins a year ago, uh, Clemson. This is a different kind of player. Different kind of player. Javon Kinlaw. Yep. Tall, long, powerful. was was thriving in the one-on-ones earlier in the week. Uh, the defensive tackle out of South Carolina uh, came in to the week kind of with the hype as being, you know, the top defensive lineman. I think he's lived up to the billing here. So Javon Kinlaw for me uh, to the Dolphins. This is strictly a best player best, available. Best player available, and and don't think twice about it. So I went the opposite with my next pick with the L.A. Chargers. You took the worst overall. player available. Well, no, I went with a guy that if you. Uh, 
first of all, it's a pure need pick. I look at the LA Chargers and say they need ta- they need tackle help. And if I'm going off of who are who have been the most impressive tackles, offensive tackles here this week, just based off this week, if you took all the helmets, you stripped off all the logos, and you said, all right, who's been the best tackle? Ben Barch from St. John's, the D3 kid, has been really impressive this week. Um, and th- this is a guy I think when you look at the, the way that he's played, he has stopped SEC pass rushers consistently every day in practice. He's looked stronger than I would have imagined coming into the week, and he's got really light feet too. Um, I-, I went with uh, with Ben Barch here at the sixth overall spot to the L.A. Chargers. Biggest thing was with him coming into the week is would he look the part? Look the part. And is not shied away from the top competition nope. whatsoever. So. Those are 5 a.m. smoothies paying off for him. So, number seven, Carolina Panthers. Luke Keekly retires, you know, sending shockwaves throughout the organization. Hall of Fame player for them. I'm going to go with another linebacker, and maybe a little rich here, but Evan Weaver. Very productive linebacker of Cal. Uh, great job diagnosing the run plays. Not afraid to fill the hole, stick himself in there. Um, you know, I still think some questions about his coverage ability, but someone who definitely on the early downs is going to make an impact for a team here. Uh, so I went with Evan Weaver here. You know, sometimes you're just thinking, all right, we have one outstanding player. We've, we've got a huge hole. we got to fill it one way or another. Uh, go with someone who's been very productive at the college level, Evan Weaver out of California. Yeah, so I went with the eighth pick with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, a guy, look, Chandler Jones to me is one of the best players in the NFL, certainly one of the most underrated players, regardless of position, in the league. But they need some help opposite him. They went and tried to, to sign Terrell Suggs this offseason. They ended up releasing him mid-year. Getting a guy like Terrell Lewis, who to me was one of the best players coming into the week, and again, kind of like Josh Jones, what I said earlier, I think he's had some moments. He's, had, he's been a little bit up and down, but he, you still see the ability. Really, really looks the part. Um, you know, He's had some injury issues in the past, but I think when you look at Terrell Lewis going to Arizona in that scheme opposite of Chandler Jones, who's built kind of a similar way, uh, I think that that would be a really good fit. Yeah, strong punch has really flashed this week. Has moments, certainly, maybe not the most consistent, throughout the course of the week, but you definitely see the talent there. Number nine, Jacksonville. Whether it's Garner Minshew, whether it's Nick Foles, we'll have to see. But for me, they need, you know, whoever is at quarterback could use a little help. And I know Denzel Mims has been the talk of the town this week from a wide receiver, from a wide receiver standpoint. But K.J. Hill from Ohio State, it's going to be my selection here, a wide receiver, uh, savvy route runner, Strong hands, has not made the highlight reel plays maybe that Denzel Mims has done, but there's actually a pretty funny cut-up of his one-handed catches. Made one during Thursday's practice. He did. It was a really nice catch. Beautiful catch. He's made a slew of them during his career at Ohio State. Um, But he does a great job setting up the defensive backs, even if, if the opposing defensive back has leverage on him. He's able to use his route running ability, ability to win. Uh, to me, I, I think he'll the best wide receiver overall here, even though he may not be the guy who uh, stood out the most in the practices this week. So K.J. Hill is my selection to the Jaguars at number nine. And I think if you wanted to even say, like, oh, why, why him over Denzel Mims? They've got a, a guy who's kind of similar to a Denzel Mims in theory in DJ Chark. So you get a, a nice complimentary player in K.J. Hill. He's been outstanding. Uh, this week, we'll be talking about him tomorrow for sure. All right, let's go to Cleveland now. Tenth overall pick. Everyone knows they need tackle help. 
you know, we talked about with Ben Barch. I think around the league, most teams need offensive line help, would love young offensive linemen. You go to this game, I said it earlier with Barch, take all the logos off the helmets. Who's looked most impressive? Barch has been one from uh, St. John's. Another kid has been South Carolina State. Alex Ooh. Taylor, 6'8 and a half, 310 pounds. Condor wingspan. He's built like a pterodactyl playing left tackle. I, I think you look at uh, Alex Taylor. Uh, this is a project, and obviously he's not going to go this high. But if you, you know, in terms of the players that are here, I think this would be an intriguing pick for the Cleveland Browns. Like that one there has been very, very impressive. Uh, number 11, the New York Jets. I'm looking for someone who's going to come off the edge, bringing some uh, pressure on the quarterback, someone who has impressed with his long arm and his chop move, has also done a good job setting the edge in the run game. Bradley and I of Utah, I know someone who you and Bennett were very high on yep. coming into the week. He definitely has flashed for, for me throughout the course of uh, the few days here in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, he's called himself the best pass rusher here yeah. in attendance. Mm. So uh, certainly has done a good job getting after the quarterback here. Uh, definitely has some traits that – you can see that will translate to the next level. So I, I love the fit there with Greg Williams, too. He seems like a Greg Williams kind of player. So that's uh, I, I like that little fit uh, there for the New York Jets. 12th overall, I'm going to go Las Vegas Raiders, obviously. Ooh, good. Oh, I was, I was waiting to fun. see if you would say it. Uh, it's it's officially, they are officially the Las Vegas officially Raiders. Officially official. So i got to get used to saying that. Look, a lot of a lot of good players they took last year. That rookie class really panned out for Mike Mayock and John Gruden in year one. I'm going to go with another guy that you know kind of fits the mold. And, and Mike Mack obviously has ties to the Notre Dame football program, uh, You know, called their games for so long. He's going to go back to the Irish here, and he's going to take Troy Pride, Ooh. who has been one of the most impressive players here uh, all week. And he's been outstanding in man-to-man coverage. He's looked great in one-on-ones. We talked about the attrition at the cornerback spot. You know, No Trevon Diggs. He declines to come. They lose Jeff Gladney. They lose Christian Fulton. They lose a couple of these other big-name corners coming into the week. Troy, Pl- Troy Pride stole the show. Uh, I would say that you know, from from a pure pure man-to-man coverage standpoint, he's been really, really good here this week. Make sure to go back to Wednesday's show, yeah. your interview with him, to uh, learn more about his background, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and how he's used that athleticism to help uh, push his career to the next level. So, love the pick. Uh, he flashed in the wide receiver DB one-on-ones yep. day one of practice on Tuesday, but has kept it up throughout the course of the week. Yep. So, number 13, the Indianapolis Colts, our old good friend Frank Reich. Sure. You know, Jacoby Brissett, figure if he's going back in as quarterback this year after the uh, surprise retirement of Andrew Luck, he could use some help. So, you go back to their division rivals in the Jaguars, gave them some wide receiver help. I'm going to do the same here with a player who has flashed consistently Baylor's Denzel Mims come up with big catch after big catch throughout the course of the week. Uh, speaking of Troy Pride, Pride said Mims was the one guy who got him mm. this week in practice. So I'm going to go with Denzel Mims uh, using a strong senior bowl week to uh, push his draft stock here and uh, go number 13. Asking some scouts uh, around the league this week, uh, who are some guys, especially over the last couple of days, that have they've really you know caught your eye? Mims was a guy that, that uh, came up a, a couple of times, and Mims is a player uh, with an intriguing, intriguing skill, set, skill set for sure. Um, let's go next, 14th overall, Tampa Bay. Look, I'd love to be able to give them a pass rusher here. You know, they uh, Obviously, they got a lot of production this, this year out of Shaq Barrett. Yep. Um, a guy who has a, a similar kind of skill set a little bit, but also offers a little bit more position versatility, so ability to win with power as well. Uh, Jonathan Grenard. 
fit would fit well in a 3-4 scheme that they've got down there with Todd Bowles. Uh, they like length there off the edge. He's kind of built a similar way to maybe like a Jordan Jenkins was uh, when he was coming out of Georgia. Todd Bowles picked him uh, coming out of the Senior Bowl as well. I, I'm going to go with uh, with Jonathan Grenard here out of Florida. Like Grenard a lot. Like uh, what he's been able to produce this week here on the field. So very, very good pick there for the Bucks. Uh, number 15 for the Denver Broncos, someone who has just been impressive throughout the course of the week in practice. I feel like the interior offensive line class here has been very strong. Probably going a little under the radar mm. here just because of you're trying to take in positional uh, valuation into the equation here. But I'm going to give the Denver Broncos guard Lloyd Cushenberry. It's a good one. Out of LSU. But I can't believe you picked him over Matt Hennessy. You traitor! I, you know, it's it's a tough call. You really, it's really coin flip there. Yeah, it really. They coin both flip have played there. well. They both have played well. I think when you look at Cushenberry, uh, his anchor has really stood out, and that's been. I think that's one of the questions with Hennessy. Hennessy more athletic, but uh, that's the the question. That's a little bit of the trade off there. Uh, Cushenberry, good pick there for Denver. All right, I'm going to go to Atlanta, 16th overall. You know, the, uh, they've got some age now. They've got a little bit older at the running back spot. One running back that has really – I really liked him coming into the week was the junior Eno Benjamin from Arizona State. Mm-hmm. And I think he's got some similarities to Devontae Freeman a little bit in terms of the way that he plays the game, built in a similar way, good at making that first man miss. I'm looking at Eno Benjamin here for the Atlanta Falcons. I like the pick there. Number 17, the Dallas Cowboys. So a player Eagles fans are going to dislike. Uh, going to go interior defensive line. Okay, they got to figure out the Robert Quinn situation yep. at the edge. Obviously, they have Demarcus Lawrence, but trying to uh, wreak some havoc there in the middle of the interior of the line. I'm going to give them Neville Gallimore of Oklahoma, a player who I know you have liked. Tough, tough, tough finding teams that need D tackles at the top of this draft. Yeah, that's certainly the case. You know, this is someone who I think definitely talent wise, you know, could be selected higher in this draft. Definitely, but, but you're trying to fit, you know, the need and uh, player fit. I think Neville Gallimore is a, is a good marriage here with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, as Flash during one-on-ones has been disruptive, tough to defend. Um, plays a little high at times, you know, one thing you could say about him. But overall, though, uh, very, very uh, talented prospect coming into the week and uh, comes out of Mobile with his stock very high. You know what's weird about this pick? Okay. This could be a real-life pick. Could be. I could see Gallimore going 17 to Dallas. Yeah. I could see him going that high, you know, especially after he rips up the combine in a few weeks. Uh, I could see Neville Gallimore going in the mid-first round. So we'll see uh, you know, where he ends up going ultimately off the board. He probably, perfect world, he's probably going higher uh, than where we have him slotted. I think that this is the first one we're like, man, like I can't believe he was still there yeah. uh, from what we've got so far. I would kind of say the same, I think, for my next pick, and I think this is a, a match made in heaven. You go to Miami Dolphins. You already gave them uh, Javon Kinlaw earlier. I'm going to further boost that front seven. I'm going to give them Zach Bond, the edge rusher out of Wisconsin. Really productive player this year. His second year as a starter has that position versatility. You know they love that in that scheme, that Belichick scheme. Uh, you know, and I think when you look at Flores and what he's done there uh, from a schematic standpoint, he push, puts guys all over the field. Bond kind of fits that. Uh, could be an off-ball player early. Come down, play off the edge late. I think uh, the Zach Bond fit for Miami really makes a lot of sense. Definitely interesting watching him play off the ball this yeah. week. I think that was a big thing for him, showing that he can do that. And, again, it's going to help his value down the line. Number 19, the Raiders out of Las Vegas. Okay, so nice job. so earlier, gave him Troy Pride. Yes. We're going to go uh, player who 
quite familiar with Troy Pride. They've had some interesting battles over the years in practices. Another this, Notre Dame guy? No. Oh, not Chase Claypool. Michael Pittman. Uh, makes sense. Who just was so impressed with the route running ability from him considering his size. Again, we talked earlier in the week, he's 6'4", about 220. Yep. He doesn't run like it. You wouldn't think that he, whatsoever. He uh, you know, the ability to create separation on his own is going to be a nice big target for Derek Carr there. So uh, give him another weapon on the outside. So Michael Pittman of USC going to the Raiders at number 19. So uh, for me at number 20, you had already selected uh, another weapon for whoever's playing quarterback down there for Jacksonville. You gave him K.J. Hill earlier. I went double dip here, and I gave him another offensive weapon, this time in the tight end in FAU's Harrison Bryant, Ooh. the John Mackey Award winner, really athletic player, uh, has the ability to line up all over the place and win in man-to-man coverage. I'm looking at Harrison Bryant as being a really good receiving weapon over the middle of the field and down the field for that Jacksonville team. So fun exercise. We did the top 20. Yeah. The Eagles picked 21. Maybe it was a coincidence that we did the top 20. Maybe not. But, the, but we got the top 20 <laughs> players. Here are some of the guys that were left on the board. And I'll tell you what, like – Crime that we didn't pick a couple of these guys. We didn't pick Matt Hennessy from Temple. He should go. He's been one of the top 20 players here. Hakeem Adeniji from Kansas. Liked him a lot. Has been one of the top 20 players here. We didn't pick him either. A um, couple guy, other guys that stood out that we didn't take. Uh, Malik Harrison, the linebacker, Ohio State. Uh, Kyle Duggar, the safety from Lenore Ryan is flash. Kayvon Wallace from Clemson had some nice plays this week. Van Jefferson from Florida. Antonio Gibson, the dynamic running back from Memphis. Yeah, I like him uh, a lot. Darnay Holmes from UCLA. Bryson Hopkins, the tight end from Purdue. Here's a handful. Nick Harris, Chase Claypool, all the, a bunch of guys have flash. It was, yeah. it was a fun week, man. It was a, yeah. uh, a really fun week. And, I, the, you know, moving the practice inside today, uh, you know, we saw, we saw some good stuff. We mentioned some of the, cl- the plays that we did see. Um, but this was a fun exercise. I was glad we uh, redid it after what we did a year ago. We, we Have we ever gone back to look at last year's? to see? I did, it? yes. It okay. was fun. It was a fun exercise. I, I don't have it in front of me, so uh, I can't okay. tell you exactly how Shame. we did. But uh, it, was a, uh, it's, it was a fun one to be able to redo. All right. I told you earlier, for pick six this or for today's episode, we're going to go through six players that kind of surpassed our expectations. Let's get to that segment right now. Now it's time for pick six. All right, C-Mac, I gave you first pick in the mock draft, so I'm going to take the first pick here. <laughs> so for, kind of yeah, you, jeez. Yeah, yes, I'm going to take the first Thanks. pick for pick six. Wonderful roommate he's been all week, by uh, the Of way, course. So. I, I always try to be. I always do my, I do my very best, at least. Um, to me, I, I'm going to go with Ben Barch. I talked about him earlier. I can't, I, what did I give him? I, he went sixth overall in our mock draft. I would not have expected that Ben Barch was going to go sixth overall in a senior bowl mock draft at the end of the week. I look at this kid from St. John's, and – I mentioned the feet. I mentioned how fast he got out of his stance. But then also he was strong, and he was pretty technically sound overall going up against Terrell Lewis and Jonathan Grenard and uh, DJ Wanham. Like, all, you know, really good against uh, some of these guys. I did not expect that from Ben Barch. Uh, to me, I'm, I'm exci- I don't know if I can go back to the St. John's film. It's not a scenario where I'm like, yep, got to go back to the film because – it's not going to look what like what we saw here. This was a guy that was unrefined on in film and obviously going up against D3 competition. We're not going to be able to see that. One thing I will be doing, I want to go back and rewatch every single one of his reps from this week. I want to re- watch all of his reps that he gets in the game on Saturday. That'll put that's my final stamp of his film evaluation is how he looked this week down here in Mobile. And then we'll see what he does at the combine. 
Yes, that, and that'll, that'll certainly weeks. play into it but as from well. The but film from the film standpoint, standpoint yes. I don't think it's going to be a situation like, oh, man, I just got to go back and watch more tape. I, I, to me, this is a little bit of a different scenario. This could come from D3. It, it's interesting because in that scenario, it's such a payoff for him to come here and, yeah. and ball out. Yep. That's a big thing. And that's what the players have to kind of go back and forth on is will they improve their stock? Yeah. And Ben Barch, if he, he didn't come himself. here, if he didn't come here this week, who knows? He he'd be a great mystery. He he would be exactly what he was coming into the week, just a great unknown where it's like, okay, he's big, he's got some tools, but like you said on the film from St. John's, yep. you know, didn't look like he was anywhere near ready. He more than held his own yeah. in SEC top-level competition this week. Agreed. So, uh, great pick there. I'm going to go with a wide receiver who we had go in our uh, mock draft earlier in the show and uh, someone who came into the week. If you were to start the week, you talk about the receivers. Pittman would have been there. Hill would have been named. Claypool would probably come up. But uh, I don't know if Denzel Mims would have been yeah. at the front of everyone's mind. But making big play after big play – Throughout the course of the week, a bunch of highlight reel catches. Red zone stuff today was impressive. Yeah. Yep. You know, I, I think he's going to be someone who's going to have everyone saying, look, if you're looking for playmakers on the outside, you know, this kid from Baylor Mims, someone who could produce something for you at the next level. So yep. uh, first player who I have has really helped his stock, however you want to categorize yep. this. I go with Denzel Mims out uh, Baylor. So one, uh, I've, there were only a handful of these guys that I had not studied at all coming into the week. Uh, Jonah Jackson, the offensive lineman from Ohio State, previously at Rutgers, who so made that transfer this past season as a grad transfer. Uh, local kid from just outside in the Philly suburbs. Look, uh, Jonah Jackson has had a good week. You know, not he hasn't been uh, outstanding, but good flashes. You know, especially mm-hmm. that first day, watching him on Tuesday, uh, I was really impressed with his quickness, his change of direction. Excited to go back and continue to watch more. But I thought Jonah Jackson was a guy that uh, did enough for me this week where. Let's say if he hadn't flashed at all, there's a chance I may not have watched him at all. I may have just, yeah. you know, I may have just chalked up. Hey, this is what I saw in Mobile. This was this performance. Maybe say I have to watch him before the draft. I will definitely watch Jonah Jackson uh, and get a full evaluation on him before uh, April for sure. So you took one small school offensive lineman. I'm going to take the other. Yeah, who everyone's talking one. about this week, and it's Alex Taylor, out of South Carolina State. You know, you talked about the pterodactyl-like wingspan and his way to just, you know, uh, engulf defensive linemen. The the big thing is, athletically, he looks apart, knows how, has good body control, good footwork, fluid mover, but he knows how to use the hands, and he's not getting caught off balance a whole lot, which is something that, you know, when you have someone who's as big as he is, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, could be a bit of a problem, could be a waist bender. Didn't show any of that. So, And remember, too, this is a program, a small school program, that has shown the ability to put guys into the NFL and have early success. A couple years ago, Darius Leonard came down here. Oh, was you're right. The, was one of the best players in Mobile, was the defensive rookie of the year, uh, was outstanding for the Indianapolis Colts. A couple years before that, Javon Kinlaw came down here from South Carolina State, uh, was really, really good in Mobile, became a third-round pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers, started as a rookie, has never looked back. Who are you talking about? You're talking or about not Javon, Javon Hargrave. Javon Hargrave. Hargrave yeah. uh, Javon Hargrave came here from South Carolina State, was a third-round pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers, never looked back. Interesting. That's uh, a school that has continued to put out uh, big-time talent. Alex Taylor could be the next in line. There you uh, go. So uh, Alex Taylor, my second pick there. I'm going to go with a guy that I've – look, uh, Barch, I watched a, a couple games – you know, I, I didn't watch any Jonah Jackson. I've watched Troy Pride for three years. 
Okay. I watched him his sophomore year. I watched him his junior year. I watched him his senior year. He got better each and every year. You always saw the athleticism. You saw the, the recovery speed. The tools were always there. But you never saw him really put it together. This was the best I've ever seen Troy Pride look wow. this week in practice. He looked awesome. There are plenty of reps. You can go and look, search on Twitter for, you know, and I'm not a big fan of, the, oh, just look at this one rep and this paints a picture. But there are clips from every single day of Troy Pride making plays. He was really impressive all week in practice. Again, day one was fluid, athletic, uh, on top of his man in the one-on-one line uh, wide receiver defensive back drills. Uh, has carried that throughout the course of the week, keeps making plays. And that's a big thing is he wasn't someone who, you know, peaked day one and then kind of dropped off from there, was steadily consistent throughout the course of the week. And it seems like everyone is, is uh, on draft Twitter seems to be pretty much in agreement that Troy Price had one of the better weeks here in Mobile. So my last one, talked a little bit about him on Wednesday's podcast, and that's Stefan Sullivan of LSU. Uh, wide receiver converting to tight end, not really utilized a lot as a wide receiver at LSU, uh, but in a class, a tight end class that may not be super deep, you know, he's got a chance to make some noise, and he made plays throughout the course of practice, uh, especially on Wednesday. You noted that uh, in some of the blocking drills, which no question, big question for him, he was a- able to answer those, the willingness to do that. Um, so big pass catcher. Uh, definitely someone who, who helped his stock here. Uh, I, I think back last year to another uh, seldom-used pass catcher, a tight end in Baby Moreau, who uh, came here to Mobile and showcased the ability to do that. And uh, Stefan Sullivan's given teams something to think about uh, heading into the combine. And I think he's someone who looks athletically like someone who will time and test well. In Indy. Yeah, and ironically, maybe not so ironically, okay. uh, he is the subject today in our unofficial oh, visit. You caught look up at that. with Stefan Sullivan this week after practice here in Mobile. Let's get to that interview now. The unofficial visit. Please be joined by Stefan Sullivan. See, I'm learning a lot about the players, who they are on the field, who they are off the field as people, but also proper pronunciation of the first names. While it's spelled Stephen, it's Stefan. But I also have to ask you first and foremost about this hoodie. A little Friday the 13th, a little yellow to kind of like stand out from the crowd. What, what's the story behind it? Uh, I like hoodies, man. I like all type of designs on my hoodies, even if it's like a simple logo or anything like that. But um, if anybody need a good hoodie, just go to H&M. And um, H&M has the best hoodies, I swear. So we're getting the plugs and everything yeah. in here. How, yeah. how many hoodies would you say you have? I probably like 15, 15, 20 hoodies from H&M. Just from there alone? Yeah. So. Just from H&M, yeah. Is this your favorite one, Is it, or is it one to help set the tone this week here as you're going against all the top competition? Yeah, it's really just to help to set the tone, to make sure that I keep a, a killer mindset, you know, that I just always go out there and just dominate. Stefan, is it tough for you to do it all this week after the amazing ride that you and the Tigers have had over the last few months? Um, no, nah, not really. You know, uh, you just got to make that adjustment. Um, what we did was special, and uh, a lot of offense couldn't do it. A lot of teams couldn't do what we did. And uh, we got the job done. We, we left out on top. But just making that adjustment and jumping right, right into it, I mean, it's no problem for me. Stefan, how would you describe what the past week has been like since you won the game? Crazy. It's, it's, been, it's been really crazy. And um, a lot of people have been showing a lot of love to us everywhere we go. If you have LSU gear on, 
you, they, they ask you, would you play in the national championship? Congratulations, you know, things like that. So we got, we got fans all across the world, so it feels real good. Is that tough to take in, that all of a sudden that you're on top of the world and everyone is showering you with love to, to try to remain humble through all that? I mean, for me, not at all. And, uh, I, you know, I grew up kind of rough, so I don't have no problem staying humble with anything that I do. And uh, I don't brag about success. I don't brag about anything of that nature. I just try to stay humble and try to be the best person that I can be. Stefan, when did you know or get a sense that this team, this Tigers team, could be special? Soon as um, Joe Brady walked in there with that RPO, you know, that's something we never had before. That's something I've never seen before, actually. And um, once he brought it in, I was like, oh, yeah, this team is definitely going to be special. Definitely with the quarterback we had, I knew this team was going to be special. Did you know that Joe could be that type of quarterback? before this, or was it just him and Joe Brady being together that kind of unlocked the potential? Um, I knew he was good. I knew from the jump that he was good. I knew he was a tough guy right off the back. Um, soon as he came in, he, he, he got straight to work. You know, he came in from Ohio with three other quarterbacks was already here. You know, he just came in ready to compete. So um, I, I feel like he, he, he already was that guy. But now he's that guy, like he's that guy, like you know. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> Stefan, I remember this game last year, the Senior Bowl, Foster Moreau, mm -hmm. wasn't used a lot in the offense, but really showcased his pass catching ability, made him more appealing to NFL teams. Do you feel like you could do the same this week here? Yeah, I talked to Foster. He came to our practice one time. I asked him a few questions about the game. I mean, about this week and how did it go? He said, "Just be yourself." I mean. Um, and when, when you do interviews, just be yourself, be likable. And uh, that's the only thing I've been trying to do. And uh, when, when, when it's time to show, show my talent on the field, it's just going to come natural, I feel like. And um, the main thing that I feel I have to work on is just, just blocking and just sticking my face in there. Last question for you, for Eagles fans back in Philly who don't know your game, give them the elevator speech of the type of player that Stefan is. Uh, tough guy, a team player, um, willing to do anything to win. Uh, Whatever, whatever anything needs, whatever the, whatever the team needs, I'm there for. Excellent. Stefan, great interview. I appreciate the time. So Best of luck down the road, yes, definitely. All right, C-Mac, uh, quick uh, response there to what you heard from Stefan Sullivan. Uh, the biggest thing as I was going around and trying to think of, like, which guys to interview with Sullivan, you know, I, I wanted to ask about his role and not really being utilized and having the chance, the platform to prove himself this week, and he did that. Uh, but I'm also just intrigued by guys who come from championship programs about what they learn, like what what turned a corner for the program, yep. especially in such a sharp amount of time, and especially how that offense was the biggest story of college of football this season. So one just, of the best offenses we've seen in history. Yeah. So what just what was it like, and when did he know that it would come to fruition? And uh, Joe Brady was. It's really the incorporation of Joe Brady, what he brought to the program, and yep. Burrow with the confidence and. Um, the swag that you know that he carried himself with, and uh, really, really transformed that that team. Because the big thing with LSU, you feel like over the years, is it's been known as DBU with all the quality defensive backs who come out of there. The defense have always been good. They always seem like they're a quarterback shot. Yep. And that was not, the, not the case this year. Not at all this year. <laughs> yeah. So Sullivan uh, has shown the ability to be a dynamic playmaker down the field. Well, I think we're going to hit on some dynamic playmakers down the field in our next segment. It's time for our Draft Mailbag. Now it's time to hear from you, the fans, in the Draft Mailbag. All right, so today in Draft Mailbag, one question I want to hit on from our Apple Podcast page. The Scouts Doubt left a five-star review, and again, 
the best way to support the show. Go on, leave us a rating, leave us a comment. The scouts doubt, left a question. We're going to answer it here on the show. Hi, Fran. What are your, your uh, thoughts on K.J. Hamler, the wide receiver from Penn State, and Jalen Rieger, the wide receiver from TCU in the NFL? Is K.J. Hamler exclusively a slot guy due to his size? Does Rieger project as a possible first-round pick? Uh, now, I have not done Hamler. I will tell you from talking with people around the, around the league that have not done him as well, they also want to say, you know what, is he, is he just a slot guy? Is he a guy that you need to manufacture touches for? Or can he be a traditional inside-outside receiver? That's the question, I think, you know, over this week or next week on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. I'll be talking about the, uh, the what's coming next now for scouts around the NFL. What are they doing on the pro side, on the college side? One thing they're going to be doing is going to start working and finish up working on these underclassmen. So guys like K.J. Hamler and Jalen Rieger, some scouts will be doing their cross-check on them and seeing them for the first time. I will be one of those people watching K.J. Hamler for the first time. I have studied Jalen Rieger. Uh, this guy is really, really impressive. He is dynamic. He is a sharp route runner, plays the ball really well in the air, made some great catches last year as a sophomore. Uh, I know the production was a little bit down this year. They had some issues offensively, but Rieger is a really, really impressive talent. Uh, his speed down the field uh, to be a horizontal stretch and a vertical stretch weapon, I think his potential is really, really high. We know speed receivers, I mean, they, they, it's wild cards. Those guys go a little bit higher sometimes than maybe people think. John Ross going in the top 10, Will Fuller went earlier than people think or thought going into that mock draft or going into that draft. I think you know Jalen Rieger could surprise some people with how high he goes uh, just because he's got that dynamic speed to his game. All right, great episode here. Really appreciate, obviously, uh, all the work that Chris McPherson did throughout the course of the week. helping We helped bring you a little bit closer to the action here in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. We've got one more episode this week. We'll be back tomorrow to kind of put a ribbon on all the coverage from the Senior Bowl. Until then, we will talk to you next time here on the Journey to the Draft podcast driven by AAA.